Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi and welcome to Why Did You Make Me Watch That with me, Holly Frew. And me, Rona Warfield. Hi. Hey, Holly. How are you? Good, good. Are you enjoying the festive season? I actually am. And today has been um, sort of one of those like, oh, it's starting to feel a little bit Christmassy. When I was working from home, I had, um, I, excuse me, I uh, got the, um, what do you call it? My uh, Bluetooth speaker. And I just decided to play some Spotify Christmas playlists. Nice, very nice. Yeah, just to kind of like, I don't know, I just, it's a funny thing, I think, the Christmas vibe. I think it can kind of come on, like, sort of at different points where you're not really expecting it. But today was Mm. definitely sort of a Christmassy vibe. Mm, Definitely. Well, for me, last night, that was the first night of it because we'd done the big Christmas cleanup in the apartment. Okay. And like, we basically scoured the place from top to bottom, spent the whole day doing it. And then like all the Christmas lights and all during the night. And you put up all your Christmas lights? Put up all the Christmas lights, they're all up now. Like, well, they, they were up the on the balcony, week, yeah, yeah, they're all, it's all oh, cool. very festive now, yeah. And uh, and we didn't bother putting on the telly, we just stuck on the speaker like that and put on some Christmas music, and it was nice, you know, had yeah. a beer in my hand, it was, yeah, it was nice. It yeah, definitely so, so, yeah. makes a difference, I think, just having that Christmas music as well in the background, just sort of like, mm. and and like so, pro- it was proper classic Christmas music, like Nat King Cole, and yes. Andy Williams, none of this, you know. Beyonce. This, it's Christmas. That shit. Like, I like those songs, but they're like in a pub Christmas. That's yeah. When you're having like, when you're doing 12 pubs. Exactly. They're and just, songs. you know, getting messy. Um, did I remember a little while ago, you were saying that neighbors of yours were putting up. Mm. Um, They had, I think that must have literally been, I think we were talking about Halloween at that stage. Yeah, we were. Yeah. And they had actual Christmas lights. Have they gone like absolutely through the nose Christmas now? No, no, their Christmas lights are the same. But I'll tell you uh, a funny follow up to that was I went out and bought lights for the balcony. Yeah. um, And I didn't realize how bright they were. (laughs) Um, So when I actually installed them and turned them on, I also bought one of them light up reindeers. Oh yeah, I know those. Yeah, was, uh, they the, look the nice. The kid is mad about reindeers at the moment, so I bought them that. Like, and that, of course, also is like the first Beaming. source of daylight. It's the first <laughs> source of daylight since the sun. Like you know, it's just <laughs> that bright. Like, so I ended up putting the two of them on, and you can see the balcony from space now. I've actually, without realizing, I outdid the neighbors I was complaining oh, about. Oh my then, god! Uh, we had the brightest balcony in the whole block now. It's really. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's actually ridiculous. Did you get like those white, white lights or? No, no, I went multicolored this year. Oh. We normally have the, we normally have the soft white look, uh, but now we went multicolored this year, but they're crazy bright. Like got them in Homestore and more like. Oh. Um, so yeah. shout out to Homestore and more for the excellent light range. Mm, indeed. And excellently bright. Yeah, so. Nice. And. So now your neighbor is probably complaining, going, look at the state of that guy's like. Nah, uh, nobody's complaining. We're, we're yeah. on the top floor, so nobody gives a shit. Like, you know, so. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But it's crazy that um, like they, I, I think though, like it's like, because now is the time to like 
have lights up. I mean, it's an, a very acceptable time to have yes. decorations. Yeah, a month ago, now. a month ago, not so much, but now, yeah. 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 Like they would have actually had all those lights up. Maybe they're just their general lights, though. Like no, people maybe, what, put lights up on balconies, like fairy lights all the time. But it's like it's the collection that they have. They've got like oh, okay. multicolored. They've got soft white. They've got bright white. They've okay. got like light up Santas and all that you can actually see from the ground. Oh, OK. Sorry. I didn't realize there a, was a Santa in the mix there as well. Yeah, there's like there's a couple of light up figures and all. It's, okay. it's quite, so it's quite definitely... the Santa's grotto setup they have. But, yeah, it's definitely yeah. a nativity scene. Oh, but now I can't complain because <laughs> you're I, I've, you're that guy. I've, I've taken the shine off them now. That's a, Yeah. Yeah. So. What is that? Deck the halls. Deck Were the you halls like the technically then Danny DeVito or something? That would make me Danny DeVito, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not the first time I've been compared to Danny DeVito, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? It's like, oh, actually, um, speaking of Danny DeVito, I saw that uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia has an actual mm. podcast now. Is it the is it the main guys actually doing it? Like, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah, well, I saw, well, I, I just, know, um, I saw kind of a little video clip of, yeah, the like three lads anyway. I don't, I don't think Danny DeVito's in it, but uh, yeah, like the three, the three gents. Oh, okay. And Caitlin Nelson, I don't think is there, but yeah, it's just the, the creators, I guess. Yeah, I'll, I'll give that a listen. Yeah like probably should be plugging like other podcasts on this but uh, you know well no i think it's you know fair juice mm-hmm. um yes so we are all things christmasy mm-hmm. at the moment so i think i go first this week i can't remember who went i go on so cool so thank you um <laughs> so i you gave me the family man to watch i think we just gave each other uh titles yeah just yeah just the one film and so yes the family man starring nicholas cage and tay leone mm-hmm. uh, do you remember her and him I do. and him well I, she would be more obscure than him He's he would probably be a little bit more obscure it's yeah. like yeah Taylor, like just every red carpet in the like late 90s early noughties just seemed to be Taylor leone and uh, david duchovny like all the time mm-hmm. super throwback there but uh mm-hmm. yeah um yeah so this film was actually made in the year 2000 like the twin towers wow. are feature in it and it's actually like you know, it's just bizarre because it sort of feels like it could be. It's quite timeless, actually, in the story. Just, mm, you know. Yeah, there's no, uh, there's nothing dating it in it. There's not yeah. really, no. Mm. And Apart from the Twin Towers, of course. Uh, literally, apart from the Twin Towers, I was like, this was made before 2001. Um, mm. Now they look, yeah, because I just feel like they sort of look very, like they look like they could be wearing the clothes that is popular now. Um. <laughs> So, um, basically, it starts off with Nicolas Cage um, and Tay Leone, and they're in the airport, and they're, Tay Leone is basically seeing Nicolas Cage off uh, to go to London, doing some, like, cool internship um, in a bank there, and they're basically, you know, so they're going to, they're together, so they're going to be on this kind of, like, long-distance thing, 
And then um, she's actually like, no, don't actually go. I, I think you should stay. And he's like, you know, uh, no, don't worry see about you, it. it's just just butterflies. Don't worry about it. We'll be grand. Yeah, we'll be fine. Yeah. Bye. And um, then she's very upset. And then it, it flies to 15 years later. And he's in uh, he's basically this very successful businessman in New York. And he seems to be kind of a man about town. He doesn't seem to have any significant other in his life. Mm-hmm. And then um he his secretary um gives him a, a message and is like, oh uh Tay Le- Leone or whatever her character was called, I can't remember now. And um he she's like, Oh, Tay Le- Leone called. Um she left a message, she wants you to call her back. And he's like, Oh my god, blast from the past. And uh, then uh, like a sort of an incident happens and it involves uh, Don Cheadle. And it's kind of one of those kind of um, it's it's very sort of a Christmas Carol-esque. So it's um, sort of like a ghost type of uh, what you say? It's like he's going to show him the life he could have had sort of thing. Yes. So Scrooge-esque. Yeah. And it's kind of like a time uh sort of a time warp sort of situation so basically what happens is when Nicolas Cage goes to bed that night he wakes up as if he had actually not gone to London and had stayed with Taylioni and they have mm. like two kids they have the the suburban lifestyle excuse me um a dog I mean just the epitome of you know um, I guess the white pick offense sort of uh, situation and um, he is like this high-flying you know career Wall Street guy so he's like this is absolutely terrible first of mm. all when he gets there <laughs> he's like this is the worst way to live your life and he's mm-hmm. really like first of all he's like disappointed in himself he's like you know doesn't like being around the kids doesn't like kind of she like she was originally a lawyer and now she's kind of this um pro bono kind of a uh, lawyer yeah yeah and so they make n- like zero money and he works in a tire uh factory and uh yeah so he's just kind of having a bit of a shy time uh he meets kind of Don Cheadle uh i think sort of twice or three times so it's very kind of scroogey in that sense. Um, and then he actually happens to come upon uh, one of these rich investors that he knew when he worked in the Wall Street game. Mm. And he ends up kind of having a meeting with him. And the Wall Street guy is like really impressed that this tire guy kind of knows, knows so much about, so him, much about yeah. Wall Street. Yeah, And then so he offers Nicolas Cage a job and then he like Nicolas Cage is trying to like convince Taylioni like, look, this is such a better life. Like, you know, Wall Street, we can buy mm. everything and, you know, kind of trying to sort of remember back, you know, about his amazing like Wall Street with money life. But she's kind of, you know, she loves her life and she loves kind of s- suburban living and she loves her kids going to like their local schools so it's it's just 
it's kind of like that uh, atmosphere sort of like pitting one life against another, like which is better. Mm. Um, clearly, it's the uh, penthouse apartment <laughs> in Manhattan. Like he, he learns to love the family. He they has. can love yeah. in the penthouse. <laughs> in the penthouse. <laughs> that was like my major gripe with this film. Because at one stage, he's literally showing her what this big Wall Street guy has offered. And he's like, you know, look, we could live here with the kids and everything. And she's just like, I love our little house that we can grow old in. I'm like, what the f- you can grow old in style in Manhattan <laughs> in a penthouse apartment. I feel like the, the, the meaning of this one was lost on the alley. <laughs> No, but it's just like, you're like he's you're like, like rooting for the the the, the rich I, I, corporate I, option. Like. I actually think I was rooting for the rich corporate option because he was like, they're they're best schools in the world, and she's like, uh, you know, like Molly goes to a really good school, and I'm just like, it's not the fucking best school in the world though. <laughs> anyway, so, um. Do you know what, though? It was written in a way that it just made her seem like such a nag. And he was like this guy who was super cool and trying to, you know, trying to better himself. And she was just like, no, you're not bettering yourself. Anyway. Um, wow. <laughs> but it's it's set around Christmas. So obviously it's like it's extremely kind of it's it is very kind of like touching um in that sort of sense as well uh Don Cheadle then basically kind of gives them the like nod that things are going to go back to normal now dude you know and it comes up to the point where Nicolas Cage is actually like he doesn't want to go back he doesn't want to go back because you know he's like falling re-falling in love with Tay Leone he's like loving the kids he realizes they're great little people um so yeah he uh so I don't know if I'm gonna like spoil it or not just in case ah, you more or less have. Actually... Nah, you more or less have already. yeah yeah but there's nothing left really to spoil <laughs> wow um I wasn't reading that as a burner I think that was just you're pretty much you're, you're right at the end now you might well, well. <laughs> yeah so it's an interesting one it, it actually have to give kudos to the writers on this one I think mm. the ending was done very well um, because in a sense, the um, what you call it? Yeah, you just sort of think like, oh, it's going to go back to normal, and then everything's going to be fine. But so he goes back to his Wall Street life. Um, when he wakes up, uh, one Christmas morning, he wakes up and it's actually his Wall Street life, and he's in his apartment alone. And he realizes like his life was shit. And then uh, he realizes because it's going back into the normal time again that his receptionist gave, you know, he remembered like she actually had called like Taylor only had called him mm. and left a message and he never got back to her. So he rang, he got through or no, he, he showed up to her apartment, but she was moving to France. So it was kind of, it started with him leaving America and then it ended up, yeah. And then it ended up her leaving for France and he managed to convince her to like 
just stay for a cup of coffee. And Mm. that's how it ends. Just like the two of them just kind of catching up. And it's, it's, it's an interesting ending because you just, you don't know if they do end up getting back together, but like you can kind of guess they do. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can be pessimistic and just be like, she had the cup of coffee and then she got the next (laughs) flight out of there. Because he ends up telling her everything about the alternate life they could have had, the two kids and the home and all that. Yeah, which is very creepy. But that's what makes her stay. And she's like sticking around to hear about it and stuff. So, you know, pessimistically, she stood up and went, right, you're a lunatic. I'm out. Yeah, optimistically, you've invented like, this whole weird, yeah. like fictitious life we had. Like when you put, when you say it plainly, I mean, I think it could, like that could put you right off. Hmm. No, I think we go with the, the optimistic ending because you're talking about a film where he is literally transported into another life for three or four months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. I don't, think don't even know how this. many months speci- like exactly he is transported. Yeah. But let, let's say they end up together better late than never. Yes. I think that's that's because it's Christmas. Yeah, but it's, a, it's actually... <laughs> you're it's, like, no, go back to the apartment and live your life. Don't be a fucking idiot. <laughs> but the... But the um, what to call it the um yeah it's i do i love scrooge i love a christmas carol and so anything that kind of goes into that sort of realm of like you know and then going in you know all of a sudden you're in a different uh time or Mm. whatever um like it's always like fall asleep transition but it's great. I love it. So I really actually did enjoy this, even though I do have certain gripes with certain characters. <laughs> certain um, characters. Yeah. Um, but, very uh, good. Yeah. No, it was good. Yeah. And it's a great, uh, it is a good vibe Christmas movie. Definitely like, you know, one a afternoon with a box of roses and just mm. enjoy. As God intended. As God intended. Indeed. Indeed. All right. We sold you on. Very good. I'm glad you like that one. Um, Oh, so, uh, oh, what? Die Hard. Yes, I was going to get to. Yeah. I was about to say. <laughs> no, but I said it last week anyway, so it's not like it's. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you gave me Die Hard to watch, which uh, I don't think there's anyone alive who doesn't know or hasn't seen about Die Hard. But uh, I did watch it again, as I'd planned to anyway, because I watch it every Christmas. Um. And yeah, uh, so the story as it goes for Die Hard, uh, we've got Bruce Willis, who is a New York cop detective. Um, he is flying into L.A. to visit his estranged wife. Uh, they, she works for a company called Nakatomi, uh, whom she left to go work for six months previous. Um, uh, basically, good job turned into a great career and marriage started falling apart because of it. So she goes to LA to focus on her career uh, with the kids. Uh, he stays behind in New York to be a cop. So this Christmas Eve, he's coming to visit her. They're having the big party at the skyscraper she works in. And uh, yeah, Bruce Willis is there and they have a brief chat with the, he has a brief chat with the missus about everything that's going on. And lo and behold, the party is overrun by terrorists um of vaguely european descent we'll say um <laughs> yeah uh terrorists are there to basically you know this is the 80s so basically yeah. terrorism was a big hot button topic at the time and um, not that it ever was but especially in the 80s it was like because that was kind of the emergence of it 
Um, so they automatically assume that the terrorists are there for religious or uh, political reasons, but in fact, they're there just to rob the vault that's in the terror. Um, uh, they do it on the on the on the, uh, the the guise of political action, but it's actually just there to distract so they can get away with a bank robbery uh, or a vault robbery, as it were, because um, there's six hundred and fifty odd million in the vault. Yeah, which in today's money would be one point six billion. I done the inflation calculator on it. Oh my god! Yeah, there you go. So yeah. that is a good chunk of change, to be fair. That is a good chunk of change. That's that's well worth it. Um, so <laughs> their plan is to basically take over uh, under the guise of political terrorists, uh, rob the vaults, sneak out through the bottom while they send all the hostages up top to be taken away by helicopter. But they've already planned in advance to blow the roof uh, once the helicopter lands, and they get they escape in the in the ensuing chaos. Um, but of course, Bruce Willis is in the mix and he escapes the party once the terrorists take over. He has his gun. He has no shoes on. He basically one by one picks off the terrorists uh, by hiding in the vents and the elevator shafts and all the rest of it. And just being a total badass. Just being a total badass. Uh, but this was uh, like the first kind of big action film that didn't have like a muscle bound um, sort of indestructible like Arnold Schwarzenegger type or Sly Stallone type as the lead action hero. He was just like an everyman and yes. he was kind of presented to the audience as like an everyman who could theoretically be killed at any moment. Like, And that was kind of the build up to it. Because um, Bruce Willis was a largely unknown at this point in his career. He had done Moonlighting, I think, before then. Yeah, sort of um, rom-com. Sort of rom-com stuff, the TV series. And yeah, he was basically cast out of nowhere for the role. Um the book, the, the film itself based on a book, which I forget the name of, but the book itself was part of a series. Yeah, uh, the book itself was part of a series of films, which centered on the, uh, one character. Now, the, the character's name in the book wasn't John McClane, but in those series of books, there's a previous book uh, that was turned into a film years prior that starred Frank Sinatra as the character who... Oh, my Willis God. Plays. So in an alternate reality, Frank Sinatra was playing this role. And, did, and I think they offered it to him out of politeness. But obviously he said no, because he was 70 odd when this film was being made. Oh, is it Nothing Lasts Forever? That's the book. Yeah. 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 So, so it's that was in, that in 1979. So that like, so mm. it only took, uh, oh, well, it took nine years. Well, so eight, nine years to get to the screen. Yeah. But yeah, another book in that series was turned into a film with Frank Sinatra in the lead role. So um, playing the same character, essentially. Uh, so yeah, they offered it to him. They offered it to uh, everyone that was gone at the time. I think Dustin Hoffman, um, all sorts of people turned it down. De Niro, I think, and yeah, they landed on Bruce Willis, um, who of course is perfect for all. I don't think he's ever played a better role than he has yeah. in Die Hard, um, because it's uh, one of the first proper modern acting um, that like sort of took the storyline as seriously as the action as opposed to up to that point it was mainly you know your commandos and your predators and all there was just like action 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 story yeah it was just sort um, of very intense action and not a whole lot of story going on this one sort of seemed uh, it was the first really to prioritize uh, you know character and story as well as action like you know so and because of that it's considered one of the best action films of all time but because it's set on Christmas Eve, it's also considered a Christmas film. A Christmas movie. Yeah, much to you know the great debate amongst gangs of fellas in the pub. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Christmas film. It is. It's not. And so on. 
so would on, you? So um, and so on and so forth. But yeah, that's Die Hard in a nutshell. Of course, uh, to give the game away because it's thirty odd, forty odd film, forty year old film. Um, he does indeed uh, kill all the terrorists uh, one by one, including the leader Hans Gruber, who is played amazingly by Alan Rickman, the late Alan Rickman. Um, uh, this was actually his first film. He'd only done stage up to this point and television. And this was his first action film or actual film, I should say. Um, But of course, his career blew up after that playing any number of villains that you care to mention that he played like. um, So it made a career for him, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's all there's not a single bad thing about this film. It's perfect. It's a perfect film. It really is. There's nothing bad about it. Like the acting, the writing, the directing, the photography. It's all perfect. So, few yeah, little jokes I, in there as well. The humours are spot on as well. Yeah, there's a good bit of humour as well, especially with the uh, the cops in the ground. Uh, there's yeah, a good bit of humour with them. Because they're like, you know, borderline comically incompetent, but they, they play it off so well that it's just, it it plays really well on camera. Um, he does have a friend down on the ground, is the first cop who turns up on the scene. Um, who I can't remember who's played by. It is, I have it open here, Reginald Phil Johnson. That's who it is, yeah. So he's his mate on the ground. He's the only one who more or less sort of believes him. Uh, and as time goes on, of course, that's him. Uh, so as time goes on, he's proven right, of course. And he's his best mate on the ground. And they only really meet for the first time at the end um, in a great scene uh, when, all, when all it's done. And yeah, no, that's, 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 the, that's the Die Hard in a nutshell. Um, die Hard in a nutshell. I do and it's, on, it's on um, over the Christmas period as well. Um, several times I bought the RT Guide too and I know oh did you I did it's on quite a few times yeah so uh, it's like you know it, it's just kind of one of those films that it's like Elf or like you know it's just it has to be watched during Christmas time it does it does it must it, it's demanded by Christmas yeah <laughs> maybe after a few drinks and you're feeling a bit full um, <laughs> yeah you know. Would you, do you do you like it as a film like I do I wasn't um I think I was a bit turned off by it at the uh like when I was younger because it was just like oh it's an action film blah blah mm. um and then it was only sort of when I was like a bit older I I realized like oh, I'll watch it again and then I actually watched it and really enjoyed it because it was uh not as sort of I guess that sort of time of action oh just like gunshots for no reason mm, and for no reason yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, like i said that is one of the one of the few films especially in that decade that took storyline seriously so yeah yeah and, and i know i can't get over like, the fact that it's 88 actually because it just feels mm. like 90s but yeah the, the only thing that gives it away in terms of the age of it is all the shoulder pads and the women the big hair the shoulder pads the, big hair but also, in fairness, the technology as well. Like, true, yeah. They're they're talking about sort of like they're getting out their Commodore sixty fours and you know Doing all typing in. I, I love at the start. He's got like the big touchscreen thing to find out where he's going in, the, in yes. the building, and I'm sure it was cutting edge at the time. Yeah, but like now it's just like it's like the most basic rudimentary touchscreen you've ever seen. Like you know, it's just like. He touches it at about four seconds later. It's like, bleep. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a big... I, I think it's almost, it's probably the same technology as a speak and spell. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a kid's toy now. Yeah, exactly. So 
like a but a slightly bigger one maybe exactly exactly because it needed more um, brain power indeed it did so yeah that's die hard uh if you've not Classic. ever seen this watch it and yeah. i don't know why you haven't seen it up to this point but I watch know. it Music. And if you have seen it, watch it again because it'll never grow old. It's classic. It won't. It won't ever grow old. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is definitely one of the faves. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, for next week. Yes. Um. So, what did I? give you um oh uh did i can't think of my head i had it um it is not christmas with the cranks <laughs> that just kind of took no. over my brain no um she give it to me offline yes okay yeah. we'll give it i'll give it offline yeah and um yeah sorry my head is just a bit melted all the mince pies oh actually yeah (laughs) do you know what i got um really nice custard from aldi but it's this like it's this like vanilla custard you can see all the like little vanilla bits in it yeah and i'm just putting it on everything now so if i have a mince pie that custard pours on because it's like literally a gallon or something you get it's not a gallon it's probably about 500 ml but still it feels a lot yeah Mm. Um, now i was in a cafe the other day um not one of them big name ones one of the smaller ones and they had like these absolutely huge mince pies um go on cream and stuff on top and like they just give it a heat up and it was the best mince pie i've ever had in my life it was amazing with the cream and all the rest of it oh, so good. put a little bit of like heat into them i think they mm, need the do. heat a little bit not too much but a little no bit. not little bit. like you don't want molten and then it possibly burning yeah. your mouth but it's mm. just a little bit of heat and then the cream nice. on top it's just it like really oh nice. my god yeah and it had like powdered sugar and all that oh, it was so good um are you a brandy butter fan uh not normally no no Okay. Yeah. No, mm. I know. I I think it can kind of be too much with the mince pie. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think a bit of cream is like grand. Do you know? I do. I also do. Um. Cool. Well, I think that that does it for this one. What do you reckon? Yeah. And sure. Yeah. You can get in contact with us at uh, Why Did You Podcast, or you can email us at Why Did You Podcast at gmail dot com. Hmm. Mm. Cool, and we'll be talking about our other Christmas movies next week. And also Christmas commercials. Oh, Christmas commercials as well. Which I'll be looking forward to, yeah. Because I've got a whole list of (laughs) There'll be a link up on on Instagram, on stories, so you can add your favorite Christmas ads. Because we just like talking about brands here. Yes, we do. We are. sponsor us. (laughs) We are corporate whores. We don't care. Okay, well, have a great week, everyone. See you next week. Talk to you later then. Bye. Bye.